0: Today's announcement is Isaiah is not technically savvy. Mm. Technologically savvy? Yeah, I was going to say, he's not technically
1: savvy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Dropout 7. Thank you for joining us today. We have no new announcements other than Isaiah's dog tired today, Lucas. Maybe if you stop using Facebook so much. I don't use Facebook so much. Okay, well, maybe if you stop telling me to
0: fix Facebook for you.
1: Okay, folks, we've had just a little bit of issues with our... A few issues with our Facebook page. Um, we've been trying to invite people to like the page and to, to spread it to their friends, which you should do if you have the chance. Please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. But, uh, yeah, I've been pestering him maybe a little bit too much about... It was only, our page It was only like three times. Only
0: three. three. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love, with your truth. Allow us to be shaped by your word, by your initiative. Allow us to see the steps we should take. Allow us to grow in fraternity through this podcast. Bless our guest today. Give him. Words of wisdom direct the conversation to what you want to make it, what the people who listen need to hear, and give us all a good dose of humility as we Mm -hmm. continue. We ask all this in
1: your name, amen, Mm -hmm. in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 Thanks, Lucas. Now, folks, today we have an exciting thing to announce to you, and that is we do officially have our first guest. We, Our first fellow dropout. We finally did not lie. <laughs> we we finally told the truth. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and this guest is none other than Joseph Pica, former seminarian for the Diocese of Lacrosse and the first of the dropout 7 that are currently mm-hmm. here present on campus to have discerned out. Joseph, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you with it. With you with us. We're glad to have you with us on this podcast journey. Now, we sent you a list of questions because we wanted you to be somewhat prepared so you could pray with slash think about the things we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, yeah, we had three questions. The first of which is, what challenges did you face after stepping out of seminary? Is
2: it three, two years ago now for you? Two years. Two Two years years in May. Yeah. Well, I just want to start by saying thank you. I'm honored to be on the podcast. I was really excited when I heard you guys were doing something. I was like, oh, that'll be awesome. But I want to answer your question by saying all of them. Um, At least that's what I thought when (laughs) I was going through the discernment process, because there's a lot of questions like, where am I going? What am I going to do? What what is this? What is that? How do I do that? And I had some really great people on the campus side who helped me on my Actual roommate for the next year, Solomon Lebel, was like the rock. Mm. He's like, go talk to this person. They'll get you in a room. Go talk to that person. They'll get that figured out with you. Love that man. Yep, it's super simple, super straight. But really the challenges were more on the spiritual side because as I was discerning out, to be honest with you, when I started the process, I wasn't planning on discerning <laughs> out. Um, it was a movement coming out of freedom that I was finding in formation. I was really struggling with trust and self-worth within the progr- program. And I came to a spot where Christ was calling me deeper to trust um, and to have some really hard conversations about stuff that I've never discussed before and brought up in formation. And from those conversations and just through working on that, just finding immense freedom you know, lift that lifting of that darkness and in that freedom going, holy crap, I'm not called to seminary. <laughs> I'm not called to the priesthood and going sweet. And it was really funny because it was a pretty quick process, at least for me. Um, and out I was and there I was. And I discerned out the finals week. So to be honest with you, oh as I jumped out, I jumped out and then back into summer life. So it felt like a natural transition. So that, those challenges were pretty normal. You know, sure. just shifting from seminary back. But it wasn't until I came back to campus. I remember the first day I did my holy hour. And the challenge was, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, that void that you guys have been talking about. Where, where are you calling me? Why did you call me out? And it, Christ was made, made it very, very clear what he wanted me to work on. So in seminary, um, I had a very early vocation, early middle school. And ever since then, I've been discerning a celibate vocation. But with that, in my middle school brain, my sexuality was formed in that celibate vocation. It was something that I had to suppress because in order to be a priest, according to my mind, I had to push all of those feelings down. That side of me, it was bad. It was something that I had to control, something I had to conquer, Mm. something horrible that would just kind of violently shoot out. Mm. And then I had to repress it and shove it back down. And it turned into Mm -hmm. a pressure cooker. Mm. And... It was really cool. I sat in that holy hour and Christ is like, we're I work on that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but and that was the challenge. But I realized with that discern out was the very first time I could step into being a f- fully myself mm. because it was the first time I have to face my sexuality mm. in a way that it was good. Because my only, my option after discerning priesthood was the vocation to marriage. That's where I was orienting towards. Mm -hmm. And that's a vocation completely centered around the beauty of our sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had to face it and I had to realize, you know, this isn't good. And I spent the whole year actually going through it. So that would be probably the challenges, like why I discerned out. But there was the initial challenges. I love how you guys talk about the void, and I've always heard it as a honeymoon period. you got those two weeks, Mm -hmm. and then, like, after that, you're like, oh, great. Now what? Did I make the right decision? Did I do the right thing? All those Hmm. wonderful questions. Um, And that kind of segues into the second question I think you guys had, which was.
1: Yeah, Lucas, what was it?
2: How do you face those challenges? Or
1: how did you face those challenges? Yeah, like what, what concrete steps did you take and like what might edify our listeners' yeah. your
2: experience? So something I did on the very day I discerned out um, that it was announced in chapel, it was a Saturday Sunday night. We were coming all back for the week of conferences that we mm. have at the end of the semester. And during that holy half hour, I actually wrote myself a letter. I addressed myself just explaining where I was, that discerning out was the right decision, and just describing all of the graces that was in that moment. So that way, when I was having those doubts, those thoughts, when I was in that void of not knowing where to go, I had a physical piece of paper that I could go back to and go, this is what God was telling me in that moment, Hmm. to really crush all of those thoughts of... The evil one, just stepping in there, even myself questioning, were were those genuine? Because as time goes on, you know, you lose track of those initial feelings. You know, they dissipate. Mm -hmm. So just having that, that was a huge thing for the first five or six months. But really just the friendships as well. Mm. As I came out, Solomon was a huge help. He was there every step of the way and just like, how are you doing today? And it's just like, it was good. But (laughs) just continuing that prayer life as well, readjusting. I personally don't do the hours, but there was a transition, you know, bringing it back. I was almost doing all five hours by the end of my sophomore year. And just slowly there was a progressive backwards, okay, Mm -hmm. dropping, you know, the office, it's yeah. Always the first one. the Why <laughs> <laughs> the, the office? It's <laughs> the most beautiful one, and it's the first one to go. It's the most It nightly. just takes two long. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> You know, and then evening prayer next, and then morning prayer. But night prayer, sticking Because mm-hmm. night prayer I've always done, even since middle school. But cool. never losing my holy hour. That's always been a constant. And that was my constant. That's where I would go back to. And knowing that it wasn't done, that initial holy hour was key Mm. because when I would come to seminary, there would always be, okay, what's the game plan this year? And that game plan never stopped because I switched out of seminary. It just keeps moving forward. It was interesting last night. uh, You were there. We were having a bonfire and Mm. one of my favorite people, Joe Countryman, was talking about discernment. And and Lucas, you were there. Sorry. <laughs> yes, he was yeah. involved was, in the conversation. Kind of, it's fine. Lucas was there before I was. That, <laughs> that is true. That is true. But Isaiah was in the conversation. Yeah. And we were talking to this awesome, amazing guy about discernment. And he talked about how we have to be moving forward in order to let God steer. Because hmm. if we're not moving forward, God can't steer us. Or that he can, but, like, it doesn't take us anywhere. Right. And we are just moving our tires back and forth. And that really oh, was okay. what it was about, just moving forward and just knowing, okay, this is the direction, and keeping yeah. the car rolling forward. Even though I didn't quite know where it was going, God gave me a general direction to go for, hmm. which that was is, beautiful. Yeah, that is
1: awesome. Actually, that reminds me of a reflection, Yeah, you know, on the topic of the Liturgy of the Hours, too. It reminds me of a reflection I had on one of the, the closing prayers. You know, sometimes you just gloss over those, like, Lord, you know, something, (laughs) something, through Christ, lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever, amen. Amen. And, like, you you kind of get through it. But for whatever reason, during the summer, the summer that I discerned out, I was reading this prayer, and it was saying something to the effect of, Lord, illumine our souls that we may navigate the dark paths of this life to, like, your heavenly kingdom where you live and reign for it. And, And, like, I could have just glossed over it, but something about it hit me so hard. I was like oh my gosh, that's that's discernment in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we look for like, hey, God, shed some kind of external light on the path I'm supposed to walk on, and then I'll follow that illuminated path rather than asking for God to, for lack of better words, GPS our souls, mm-hmm. you know, illumine my heart so that I'm a discerning thing, you know, so that I'm a thing that knows where to go, even if I can't see it, yeah. you know, even if it's not perfectly clear.
2: I think that speaks to what you're just talking about. Yeah, it's kind of the difference between wanting street lights and turning the lights on in the car. Mm. You know, Lord, <laughs> I want the street lights. Well, just turn the dial, and you have lights on you. You know yeah. that that type of thing.
1: Thank you. Those are some good mm-hmm. concrete things to to think about. You said the holy hour, especially
2: holy hour. Concrete just, notes as well. Yes, right. So. write it down because you will forget. Actually, go back and read your journals. There, there is. They're there for a point.
0: Mm-hmm. I think one thing that stood out to me a lot about what you just said was, like, not huge transition. Like, you didn't drop seminary and then drop everything. It was that slow regression, like, okay, I'm going to give that up. I really enjoyed when you said that, because yeah. that was a big part of
1: my own discernment as well. then So we have a third question. A third, and we would say final question normally, but Lucas has a, a random spicy spicy question that Luke, that. Our friend Joseph here is not prepared for. No, oh, I haven't heard it yet. him <laughs> afterwards. Okay, so that's going to be question four. The third question, though, that we planned for is what special graces have you received since leaving seminary? You know, we talked about the challenges. We talked about well, how you face the challenges and, you know, what, what that looks like. But then what great things have you been blessed with, especially because you left seminary, because the Lord led you out of it?
2: Well, because of maybe your trials too, what have come from that? Yeah, I they would all boil down to more freedom, um, Mm. just personally. But it's been amazing because what seminary did is it gave me the tools, and then discerning out gave me the place to apply those tools. Um, I never really got to the phase in seminary where you apply those tools. I was still learning the tools. Mm, Sure. So I did a lot of the applying outside of seminary, and it was fantastic. Because grace after grace would roll in. And I remember it, it was definitely on my own time, which was really, really helpful. Because in seminary, it's very much like I have to do it by evals or I have yeah. to do it by this day. Mm-hmm. Where when I was on my own, I was at God's time and at my pace. So I could literally just sit in a holy hour and just sit. I didn't have to hyper focus. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the greatest graces would be around relationships at all levels. So I talked about... Um, Just sexual everything, you know, it was something (laughs) bad and it became into something beautiful and really around the vocation to marriage. It all Mm -hmm. centered. I would say the apex of it all was probably the summer and just realizing that a lot of my thoughts and desires have always been towards marriage. And just really when with my relationships with my brothers when I was in seminary was very much like these are amazing. This is awesome. Something's missing. Mm-hmm. These are amazing. I spend lots of time. These are deep. There's something missing. I never quite figuring out what is that something missing. And then after dealing with everything and appreciating what it means to be a man or a woman and just finding beauty in that. And I was in a holy hour this summer and I was, Chris was like, so have you ever heard of this thing called marriage? I'm like, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe for the great part. Uh, maybe. I, I've, I've heard of it. I saw a billboard once. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know that intimacy that you've been looking for? That one-on-one, like spending your whole life with one person and telling them everything and sen- sharing all those intimate thoughts and time? It's like, that's what that's all about. And I was like, really? He's like, Uh uh-huh. And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah. And guess what? Because of that, the fruits of that bring other little human beings that you can catechize and grow and that just love you unconditionally. And I'm like, really? He's like, uh uh-huh. huh. <laughs> I'm that like, no. <laughs> and I was on a high. That that was <laughs> the apex, and so much so that my spiritual director had to bring me down a couple of notches. He's like, I love the fact that you love think marriage is beautiful but you need to tone it back like three steps cause you're on cloud like 102 and you need to be on cloud 9 <laughs> I'm shopping for a ring already not even a girl <laughs> oh gosh but it was so beautiful cause it took all of you know, it clicked like all of those desires that I could never deal with. Like, where is this coming from? What is the answer? I don't know. Like, I'm not finding it in my standard friendships. Mm-hmm. And it was just that light bulb moment that I probably thought about before, but never like internalized was like, oh, I am called to marriage and that is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a whole new void because now it's like, who? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a name. (laughs) And I'm entering into focus and there's a year dating fast. And really understanding that the Lord's calling me to that dating fast because he's like, you still have a lot to work on with those relationships. You're not ready to enter into one because I want to take it from zero to 120 and then I hyper focus, you Mm -hmm. know. Okay, if I'm dating somebody, then how am I going to pay for a house one day? I'm very future-oriented. So I'm planning for six kids and a $300,000 mortgage on (laughs) (laughs) student debt. And that doesn't work very well. So Christ is like, okay, you need to wait. But it's so hard. Yeah, Because it's like now, it's like I know I'm called to marriage. And I have that longing for that intimacy. But knowing that the Lord's like, okay, you have to wait for the good things. And it's just like... Oh, are they fine? (laughs) But Jesus, I want
0: (laughs) to know.
2: So it it doesn't get easier, but you definitely gain more freedom as you move forward and more graces. But he calls you deeper because it's just like you think, oh, wow, figured out that big thing. There can't be another big thing. And you wait for three weeks and then you're like, oh. There's a bunch of big things. There's so. that big thing. But God does one big thing at a time. That's the nice <laughs> thing. He he usually is like, okay, we're going to focus on this one right now. You know, hmm. And we'll work on that one yeah. and move forward. So Hey, first of all, thanks for being like really open and
1: vulnerable and like free-spirited about all yeah, this. Because, thank you. No, it's just valuable, valuable stuff to, to hear. It builds me up. Uh, also, yeah. thank you for your commitment to focus. That's a great
2: thing to be willing to give your time to. I mean, mm-hmm. gallivanting for two years? Don't I Don't call it gallivanting. It's, it's gallivanting.
0: <laughs> we'll make sure you
1: have focus bosses, on not you? This <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Curtis Martin rolls in his... Well, he's not... He's he not dead yet. He, he doesn't roll in his grave. <laughs> Curtis Martin rolls in his office? <laughs> he rolls in his office. Just keep digging that hole. See where you get... And
0: Curtis Martin... Shows up at St. Mary's and fires Joseph.
2: Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I'm technically hired yet. I, I haven't think... seen the HR paperwork yet.
0: Okay, fine. So, anyhow, but great focus. segue to my fourth <laughs> and random question. Could you like? How do you get to focus? Like, how did you discern that process? Because that oh, yeah. is
2: a small V vocation for the time being. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, well, it would center right back around to freedom, actually. Mm. Um, so I was at lunch one day in October, or no, supper one day in October, and really future-oriented as I am thinking about what am I going to do post-May, you know, where am I going to go, am I going to stay at my current job, what's going to happen? And the campus minister, minister Brian Cusack, um, was like, have you ever considered focus? And I was like, Nope. <laughs> You should consider it. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. Why would I want to do that? No, I'm not doing that. And then it started coming up in prayer. I was like, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but the that was okay. I was like, okay, we can discern this. And then I started to find freedom as I discerned it. There was a few things that actually got conquered that I had to let the Lord conquer as I was discerning focus. I was mm. finding more internal Freedom as I went. And I was like, darn it. So I actually, from there, I was like, okay, Lord, as long as I'm finding freedom in this, as long as I'm growing, which have been my two signs of formation and direction of where the Holy Spirit's calling me, I'm like, I'll keep considering it. And I kept finding growth. I kept finding freedom and started to actually really consider it. I'm like, wow, that would be a lot of fun. You know, I don't have any major debts right now. I'm not in any major relationship. I don't have any major job lined up for me. I could definitely do two years. I I can work the rest of my life. I can do two years um, with focus, just being a missionary. So essentially freedom prompted by somebody else in my faith community. Cool. If I may, yeah. just a, a quick follow-up question. I know this isn't What's something we talked about? Unscripted, it's it's like it's like a clarification
1: question, yeah, or like a can you can you um, can you expound question? What would you say that freedom is that you've been Mm. talking about? Because it's come up a lot, and I know we use freedom in reference to like I want to have my guns and I want (laughs) to shoot fireworks in my backyard and I want to, and we also have like the idea of freedom for something. Mm. I want to be free to go and do this. We also want freedom. from certain things like freedom from anxieties about X, Y, Z. So when you talk about just freedom, can you, can you spell a little bit more out about, about what that means?
2: Yeah. So what I have found, and at least how I define it, and you might use a different term, but essentially what the concept is that I'm highlighting would come from virtue ethics. And essentially anything that brings freedom for me is something that allows me to be more myself. So if it's conquering a fear, if I can say I am really fearful with reaching out to a peer, if I find freedom in that situation, I no longer have to hesitate. I don't have to think. It becomes habitus. I can just in step into it. It becomes a virtue. Um, so that's how I would define freedom. It's a growth, interior growth that lets you be more yourself you fulfill the will of god that's excellent lucas did he
1: just bring in virtue ethics and speak latin in our podcast he did what a jerk <laughs> oh my
2: gosh
1: <laughs> i'm so glad we invited him
2: <laughs> was a seminary at one seminarian at one point and, and a latin tutor i yeah. still am technically the latin oh my tutor yes. you hear
1: that folks if you need a latin tutor Call Joseph Picka 5-8... I'm just <laughs> I don't know this phone up off the <laughs> top of my head. You could leave us a message on the Facebook page that you're going to share with your family and friends, mm. and we will, with Joseph's permission, naturally, send you his contact information. Okay. If you okay. want. I just do want.
2: grammar. Don't ask about the vocab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Do you guys have any other questions?
1: Joseph... <laughs> I do not think we do. Here's uh, my point. last question.
0: So okay. You have questions for us. Oh. Because if you do, we're not gonna answer them. Oh, no!